please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Are we good? We're good. Okay, we're live. <laughs> All right, good, good. Hey, hey, good how are you doing? How's your week been? Good. Good? Yeah. Good? What's our topic today? We were going to talk about Medicaid crisis planning. Medicaid crisis planning. That's right. So let's talk about Medicaid crisis planning. And uh, Medicaid crisis planning is a term that I use for when someone needs to or already has gone into nursing home or assisted living care and the family, could be husband, wife, could be the individual, are really worried about the spin down of assets, how to do that, what to do, and how to save the home and the money that they've worked for their whole life and not lose all of it to nursing home or assisted living care. So that's one of the big things that I do, is I work on that um, uh, with families and work on spin downs and design those so they can save as close to 100% of the money and property as possible, yet still have the availability of the Medicaid benefit to come in and pay for assisted living and nursing home care. So there are a ton of families out there who are affected by this every single day in, in, in our surrounding geographic area of Western North Carolina and beyond, okay? In every state in the union. So, so we're gonna talk a little bit about that today, but first, you know, part of that is caregiving. And there are so many caregivers out there that are in-home caregivers, family caregivers that are caring for a loved one, um, and you know, and, and a senior, uh, you know, in their family could be a husband caring for a wife, wife caring for a husband, uh, could be a brother caring, uh, you know, caring or, or sister, or could be the kids are caring many times for mom or dad at home. And Access, which is a professional group that I'm a part of that is medical and other professionals devoted to senior care, had a uh, brunch this week. And was that yesterday? Hey, yesterday. Had a brunch yes. yesterday for family caregivers and invited them from all over to come meet and, uh, and talk and, and be appreciated for what they do and learn and get a, get a free lunch, right? That's and, right. And we provide Very a lunch nice, for them. nice one. And you went to that much and took part in that. Can you tell us about that? They yes. tailored it too, yeah. They had planned a, a brunch like lunch with a, a, a breakfast casserole, grits, uh, muffins. It was very, very nice, and the food was very good. And the people came, and uh, we had set up a uh, display there to talk to them about how we can help right. uh, when the family caregiving is too stressed or not inadequate to care for the person. And then what happens? Family caregiving is dicey just because it puts so much stress on the family. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, someone has to still maintain a job or raise kids or, you know, while also caring for a loved one. So it's very hard. Well, statistics show that uh, the, the percentage of caregivers who, how do I word this? They sometimes, many their life, their life many expectancy is short. It's decreased by, yeah. by that stress and sometimes predeceased to people that That's care correct. That so, happens a lot. Right, so sometimes it just, my uh, father has even asked that we promise not to, uh, it could have been a nursing home, and I told him, I promise you will not go there as long as we can help you. But if it comes to the point where someone 
has to help you. We, we can't pick him up or turn him or bathe him or things like that. That's going to become a necessity. And people need to be start thinking, well, how am I going to pay for this? Because Medicare and your uh, supplemental, if you're lucky enough to have it, and you're not lucky enough to also have long-term care insurance, it's going to come out of your pocket. And it's going to be a lot of money out of your pocket, even putting a lien on your home. So that, I think that's the thing that has meant the most to me to work with you, to be able to just educate people about that. Yes, you know, and you do a great job at that. Well, What's your name, by the way? I don't think we introduced ourselves. Hayden right. Solway. Hayden Solway, the famous Hayden Solway and the infamous Lawyer Gray. Okay? Um, and that's all we do is help seniors protect their assets and legacies here at McIntyre Elder Law. We do a weekly show called the Elder Law Report. This is the Elder Law Report Unplugged because I wanted to get out of just the studio. Uh, I love the studio that we have been in and, and, and doing, but now we're able to go to different places like speaking of caregiving you know we did one a few weeks back at Bayada Home Healthcare and yes. I love doing the Unplugged Agenda yeah. and we'll uh, you know we should sit down we'll sit down and we're, we're going to plan out the next month or so and make sure we have that planned out on the agenda of everybody we're going out for we'll put that out for sure. you as a preview and a teaser um, as to where we're doing our Unplugged episodes and you'll learn things from them they'll tell you things that they've told us about their business and, and what they have to offer so that's a good education on sometimes we, we get a little bit sidetracked and have a little fun too. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for watching today. Now Medicaid and thank you for doing the caregiver launch. Oh it was, it was it was my pleasure. Yes. I've got to tell you that wasn't there a comedian there or something? There was plenty of entertainment. They, I wish I could remember the four ladies who sang because they did a beautiful job with some beautiful and, and they were songs everyone knew so everyone sang along these beautiful uh, right. gospel songs. And they had Kathy Wyatt who was writing a book but she's a local comedian and does uh, funny stories about her children. And then Linda Jeter, honest to goodness, she cracked everybody up. She was dressed as this frumpy lady with a cat. You know, Linda's very young and agile and, and quite contrary to, to that image. But she she and Russ talked, and she called Russ up to help her and had him put her chair down for her. And so here she goes, she's, and she says, and she's making him chase her around here with this chair. And you think picture this big lady with a wig and a hat and all things. And she was a riot. And if you ever have a chance to see her do her comedy routine, you need to do it. But anyway, that's the kind of day it was. And yeah, it was very, very much fun. Well, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So Medicaid crisis plan, I mean, you know a lot about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, what What's a great way, you know, the thing off the top of my head that, that I know that you have to have in place the most important document you could have that you should have it if you're 18 years old or over mm -hmm. is a general durable power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important, Amy? Well, that's important to everyone in the family because... But why does it factor into Medicaid crisis? I mean, why is a general durable power of attorney, why do I care if I've got to go to a nursing home, if my wife or my son or you know, a party in my family, some trusted individual, why do I care that they have the ability to act as me for business and legal reasons. Well, life goes on right. and your bills are due right. and your investments have to be managed and your checking account has to be balanced and sure. all of these things have to be done and you want to make sure you pick the person who is most trusted and most able to do those things and it might not be the same person who is your attorney in fact on your health care power of attorney. So you have to look at who in the family is the best person to do that and we have run into some really sad situations because no one was appointed as that um, general durable. The yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine 
being in a situation which we have seen many a time, which you have cried about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I can still, still do it. Yeah, because, um, you know, a, a parent or husband or wife needs nursing home care. Medicaid is activated to come in and provide that care. And you want to put a ladybird deed on that house because maybe one of the family members say husband feels like he may pass away first before wife who might not pass away for an extended period of time but is in care. Medicaid's provided. That happens. And hey, we want to save the house, you know, we're very physically responsible. Well, you know, we paid for this house for 30 years. We want to save the house for the children. And we want our kids to get that house. Yes. And what can you do? Well, if I have... But if a, you don't have a power, a general group of power training, what can you do? Well, if the house is in both hands and the husband's incapacitated and is unable to make decisions and communicate his wishes, then if you don't have the general durable power of attorney, then it's up to the court to make those decisions. No, can't do anything. Can't do anything with the house. You know, can you sign a lady bird? Well, right. no, not no. a person. No. But I was saying, no. but you, does not the court then have to make all the decisions? You uh, you're thinking of guardianship situations. Yeah. You could have a guardian come in for different situations. Mm -hmm. That's where I was going. But yeah, with yeah but, but, but that's not the case with the ladybird deed, right? Yeah. You know, to, to put a ladybird, and a ladybird deed does what? It covers your house and it immediately transfers. I know what you're saying. Yes, you're right. The guardianship, yeah. the guardianship nightmares exist, right? Yes. That's a. That, that's a, a whole can of worms, too. No, that's, that's, yeah, you're right. that's a very serious Sure, letter. sure. Yeah. But, but um, a lot of times, even for the lady with what you're talking about, the court's not going to approve you the ability to put one on there. Not going to let the guardian do that. For you. They'll let the guardian pay for your needs is about right. what they're concerned about. They'll keep the house there in case it needs to be sold. Mm -hmm. okay. But often we know, the family knows, and everyone knows what this person would choose to put a ladybird deed on that house. Well, that's what they but want, they can't yeah. make that decision right. unless they have already assigned someone the legal right to make that decision. They can't do so it. So get stuck. your general durable power of attorney before you get your will, before you get your health care. Before, form. absolutely. That's, that's, the, that's, most, the, that's the linchpin. That's where it starts, okay? Mm -hmm. you got to have that in place. Most people think it's the will. And I thought my house was protected by the will. You know, no. Because yeah, the will doesn't pass away. I remember the first seminar that I ever did with you. Sure. And my mouth was open because I had been so trusting that I knew everything. And my house was, you know, in my will to go to my children. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out that all I had to do was have one bad wreck. Right. Or somehow d develop some kind of disease that in incapacitated me. And it was going to go toward nursing home care. And People out there might not... Yeah be used to hearing the general durable power of attorney. You're probably used to be to hearing yeah. power of attorney. Mm -hmm. To find out uh, just more in depth, uh, you know, wrote a book called Saving the Farm mm -hmm. that talks about different ways to pay for care. It talks about Medicaid crisis planning. It talks about, this is a sticker that says firm copy. So if you just want to come in and sit down on that couch right there, okay, um, you can just sit down and pick up and pick up a book and start reading it. We'll let you, okay? You can read it here. You don't even have to buy it. But it's nice to Or, you know what? If you want to check out a copy, you can come check out a copy in our office. We'll let you check yeah, out a firm sure. copy. Okay? Yeah. So, so Mallory, if we need Mallory, hey, Mallory. Look at Mallory. If, if somebody wants to come by and check out a copy of Save the Farm and not purchase it, they can check it out in our office. Okay? We just need to make sure there's a firm copy sticker on it. 
You can check it. You just check that out. Okay. We'll be in the library for that. All right. Or we sell them here. And we also sell them here, or you can get them on Amazon, get the audiobook or or ebook as well. It's so, a great conversation starter. And it'll tell you about that general durable power of attorney with ladybird deeds on one twelve and hand slide to say deeds and different Medicaid ass protection strategies. Right. Sorry. No, that's fine. We talk we do well when we talk back and forth. Yeah, we talk back and forth. So so uh, um, so yeah, so, so I, you know, I think the uh, but we're gonna be a library. McIntyre Elder Law and Library. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually written a couple of books. One of them is not about elder law. And mm -hmm. I'm working on two more. One of them is not about elder law. I want both of them out before the end of the year. That's my goal. Do I get okay? a That's my next big yes, you will. Please, please help me with that. Yeah, you, those are my next two project, big projects. I'm doing one on veteran stories. I need a name for that. I need a name for the veteran storybooks. It's all the war stories and the interviews that I've done over the years. I'm going to compile those and catalog those by different wartime events. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas for a good name? Yeah, let us it's know. Veteran stories. We interviewed, I don't know how many veterans. Heroes. Time. Stories of heroes. Mm -hmm. The way it was. Um, I don't know. You know we, we need a good name for that book. I'm, I'm searching for a name. And uh, yeah. I'll tell you, anybody who submits uh, in the comment section below, a, a, a name for the book, okay? Whoever we pick, we'll pick one, all right? If we, if you help us pick the name, we'll give you a free autographed copy of Saving the Farm as well, and the Veteran Storybook when it comes in, okay? And and uh, the Veteran Storybook, that's going to be one that also talks about veterans benefits, veterans pension benefits, because we do those. Sometimes people think they're going to go to a nursing home or a family member is, and it's assisted living they need, and they can't qualify for Medicaid to pay for assisted living because there's an income threshold that they're over. Mm -hmm. If you're $1 over that income threshold, That's you right. can't qualify. So we'll look at whether they're a veteran or if it's a spouse of a veteran, whether, whether their husband or wife was a veteran, or if their deceased husband or wife was a veteran. So spouse of a deceased veteran can qualify for aid and attendance, veterans aid and attendance pension benefits as well. Um, so you know, let us take a look at that. If you're a veteran, spouse of a veteran, or spouse of a deceased veteran, that may be a great way to add private income between really between around fourteen to thirty thousand dollars, approximately. Okay, um, depending on whether it's a veteran, spouse of a veteran, veteran with a dependent, or spouse of a deceased veteran. Okay, different levels of income there. Um, we can add that for in-home care, or it can help pay for assisted living or nursing home care. Right, yeah. any of those scenarios. So, so sometimes that's the direction we end up taking, even though the family thinks they want to do Medicaid crisis money. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of holistic. We come here, we take the whole situation and look at all sides of it. Yeah, well, I'm going to go down the list, you know, and, and yeah. which I, you know, I really ought to have just just a written list that I go down. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Well, you have separate lists. I do, and and you know, another thing that we're going to post in the comments for Medicaid crisis planning. Because a lot of people are worried about saving money too. That's the other part. Yes. The ladybird deed is meant for your house and any surrounding property up to an approximate value of five hundred fifty thousand dollars to protect it. But you might have other property you want to protect, other sure. lots or farmland or rental or something. You know? mm -hmm. And there's ways to do that too. Um, there may and be the money. The better, and uh, you save money by doing that ad too. There may be money also mm -hmm. that. That the family wants to say. Yes, you know? absolutely. Um, they may want to say uh, an IRA, CDs, checking savings. I mean, sometimes 
I meet with a wife who's very upset about this. And of you, course. Yes. And you, it's the, yeah. So how does that work? Well, that's difficult. That's difficult. Yeah. yeah. So how may I help you? You be my client. <laughs> you, 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 you. Let me pull up your chair. That's Greg has uh, dragged me into the theater aspect of McIntyre Alcohol. So, so, how may I help you today, ma'am? I don't know if you can. I was told to come to you that you can help the others. Uh, my husband is in a nursing home, and we've spent $145,000 already, and there's no end to it. Right. And we had always planned to make sure that all of our children had a, a nest egg and a start. Sure. We wanted them to have a home. We wanted them to have the little beach condo, you know, for their for our grandchildren, our children. And it's we're not we're losing it. So, so you worked your whole life, yes. like many others out oh, there, yes. to accumulate to buy a house. Let's mm -hmm. say that. How long did it take you to buy and pay for that house? Uh, about 25 years. 25 years, mm -hmm. okay. And now husband is in nursing, nursing home, time. okay. And, and, you and he's been, never coming out. Not coming out. And you've been spending on that for quite a while. You guys worked your whole careers, right? And saved money and and put away money it's, it's for retirement. It's a typical story of a, a middle class family. You know, we worked and we saved and we um, accumulated a little bit of of money um, and a house that we pay for over the years. Right. And we just don't want to, we want to have our kids have this. Sure, so. sure, and, 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 and it's gonna all go away or much of it just is gonna be spent down unless you get some knowledge and understand how to protect and know the rules, right? <clears throat> because that's, you, that's you got decades and decades. Uh, hey, you got a hundred more years. You know, right, ma'am, right? Yes. To live, help the give to live, give to live, living to live, right? Uh, and I, I could say something here, but what are you going to say? About my Rex, I'm not a good dad. I'm on Jeff. Oh, okay. Well, if you keep you out from behind the wheel, right? So actually, they were my fault. Exactly my fault. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway, it never is. Never is. So, so, uh, but, but you know, so we want to, we want to see if we can protect. And your husband, you guys. Are, you know, he he would want to take care of you. Sure. And you guys work for that. And we built the best for our ability to take care sure. of each other. But he has a daughter, and you know we we both have children, and we have worked that out on how we want our children to have the things that we have. So, you're um, the answer. Yeah. So so let's work on a plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's work on a plan to save a home and any other property. Real estate. So you can do that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Even under the, what about the look back period, right? It's five year look back period for nursing home Medicaid and North Carolina. We can even do that under the look back period, okay? Within the look back period. And the money, let's take a look at the money and see if we can save as close to 100% of that as possible, okay, to preserve for the family. And because you've got a heck of a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of years to live, healthy years to live as well, right? And see if we can utilize either a veteran's benefit or a Medicaid benefit to come in and pay for that nursing home care, okay? All right, does that sound good? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right, thank you. Thank, thank you, you Madam Client, for being here tonight, all right? And that's, that's what I do on a regular basis with clients. We see that same situation all the time 
And people just don't know. Well, I give people... People don't know their options. When I meet people in a situation like we had yesterday... Uh, a 20-minute time limit for the show. At the care We're going over today. We're over time. At caregiver's conference, I always put a, a uh, business partner in hand, and I tell them, you will meet people in your job, because these are caregivers and, and also the uh, other um, agencies that deal with seniors. And so take these business cards... Because if you meet someone who's already in a uh, Medicaid spend down sure. and all their money is being spent, I said you can be their best friend by giving them this card right. and asking them to call. And I said he can put a stop to it. Uh, he can save their home and allow them to still have the best, you know, the best nursing sure. care possible. One of the things I found out is my opinion of nursing homes was not wonderful from my grandmother's experience. 40 years ago, something like that. And now, as I visit nursing homes in the line of our business, we see clients there and we go to signings there. The nursing homes now are very nice. They've all upgraded. They have to My father's been to rehab in several places. And I used to perceive uh, Medicaid as being substandard and undesirable and bad places to go. Right. So a lot of people like say, oh, I don't want it. Like it's a different place. Yeah, I don't the want Medicaid. Medicaid. So they, they, yeah. they're thinking in terms of having to put their child, their parent in a sure. very bad place. That is not the case because now facilities have have mm -hmm. uh, Medicaid clients or uh, residents, I think. Medicaid residents. Mo most, our residents. most facilities are combination, mm -hmm. private payment. Right, so everybody's getting the same treatment and the same food and the same environment, so you don't have to perceive Medicaid as being some substandard bad place. They're it, they're really very nice. I can't say enough about the people out there working in, the in that industry. And of course, most people want to stay home, and that's possible up to a point. But just don't don't picture Medicaid as being a bad place. So, this is now a library, yes. McIntyre Overall Firm and Library. And who, who created libraries? The Egyptians? The Greeks. Oh, no. I bet it was the Greeks. I'm thinking Ben Franklin created the idea for the modern day library. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> I do this. Siri, who invented the library? Here's what I found on the web for who invented the library. The modern day, I know he invented like volunteer fire departments, right? That's a new one to me, too. I know that he did a lot of things, but I... History of public libraries. Okay. Public libraries, okay? Mm -hmm. So, history of public libraries. Let's see. Date back to the American colonies. Can be tracked back to 1656 when a Boston merchant named Captain Robert Kane willed his collection of books to the town. I felt sure they would have... Ben Franklin. In 1731, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin and his fellow members of the Junto, he had a Junto. His Junto, his Junto was his, those were his homies, okay? And they met, right? They actually met in a pub. Oh, I have one of those. I just didn't know what it was. You've got a Junto, yeah. yeah. So the Juntos were his homies, and they met in a pub and established the first library, I'm sorry, the Library Company of Philadelphia. This type of subscription library brought access to books for the residents who paid to become a member. It also served as a model and inspiration for many other libraries 
that began to spring up throughout the colonies. Other types of libraries included commercial circulating libraries, Athenians, and school district libraries. The start of the development of the American Library as we know it today, however, began in full force between 1850 and 1900. But many times, Ben Franklin is really the recognized person for organizing it and his group and creating one in a large city, Philadelphia, at the time in 1731 and, and starting the first public subscription library service. So, Never bet against him unless you're on the yeah. golf course. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Don't want to play Jeopardy with Greg. I'm not going to lose the golf course. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, don't I, just, know. I just know that you do play. So. I do. And, and, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm on your team tomorrow, Greg. I'm just going to let you know. On what? Oh, on the, the murder mystery. Yeah, murder mystery tomorrow night. Come on out. We're, we're doing murder mystery at Sport Boys and Girls Club uh, uptown. So there's a Medicaid crisis, crisis planning self check worksheet that we have, um, and that self check we've got. You helped me create this. I did. Thanks, Kate. It's a seven question self check worksheet. <coughs> I usually give it along with seminar talks that I do, and it goes along with different slides that we do. But it's very good to let you see where you're at right now in your planning and if you may need to do some work. And, it, and it'll point out the areas that'll be glaring, glaringly parent, glaringly parent, where you need to maybe do some work. So, so just take that. I'm going to post that in the comments of this, of this uh, Elder Law Report unplugged today on Medicaid crisis planning. And you can take that. If you ever need anything, call us, okay? 704-259-7040. And we will set you up for an appointment or an assessment to come in and talk about it, okay? okay. Thank you so much, Hayden, for being here today. So, it's always a good show. And I appreciate it, all right? And thank you, Taylor, for filming, all right? You guys have a great day. Bye.